With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramang. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. Mark Daly, welcome you to the show this week in a situation that none of us ever expected to find ourselves in. But wherever you are, I hope you're safe. I hope you and your loved ones are healthy. And together, eventually, we will get through this coronavirus pandemic. And guys, please remember to follow all the advice and the suggestions and the orders that are be given by your health officials. And that is, remember, practice social distancing, six feet or two meters apart. Wash your hands for 20 seconds with soap, if uh, not longer. And do everything right. If you're sick, stay home. If you're uh, you're still allowed to go out, I know many parts of the world are on lockdown. And if you're feeling really sick, make sure you get in touch with a health professional and see if you need to get tested, because uh, this is a very, very serious thing. And like I say, I hope wherever you are, I hope you're safe. I hope you're healthy. And the same goes uh, for your loved ones. And hopefully this will be over sooner rather than later. But uh, it still seems to be spiraling out of control in several parts of the world. And it is just a a terrible, terrible situation. And it is really nothing that any of us have ever dealt before. I mean, it has impacted all four corners of the globe. And uh, it really has impacted everyone's life to to one degree or another. I mean, uh, just going from what we were dealing with here in my own life. I mean, obviously, um, Formula One took a, a backseat to everything. And of course, that's why we didn't do a show last week. But as we adapt to what the new normal is, and uh, here in British Columbia on the west coast of Canada, we are not subject to an official hard lockdown, let's uh, put it that way. Uh, All public gatherings uh, are are banned, uh, essential services only. Most people, if they are working, if they can work from home, they're working from home. And uh, really, the uh, what, what the orders have been given by the authorities are just to go out for essential things only, uh, for 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 shopping, for groceries, and uh, you know if you can go to work, if it's safe to do so, that sort of thing. And hopefully, over the next couple of weeks, these measures will have uh, started to turn the tide. And uh, let's hope because uh, it's it's just been an awful awful situation. And that really is part of the reason why I wanted to do a show tonight is uh, because, of course, I'm not trying to be oblivious or ignoring what's happening on the outside. But I just, like everybody else, I need a bit of a distraction. You know, this coronavirus thing and all the stress that it's put on our on everybody's lives, you know, worrying about our health of uh, ourselves, our elders, our friends, our co-workers, whoever it might be. 
and the fact that uh, so many people uh, have lost their jobs. I mean, the, the stress is real out there in, in so many different ways. And just to sit down here and talk about Formula One, even though most of the, the, the news I have to share with you guys tonight is uh, coronavirus uh, related, but even just to talk about Formula One here for the, the, the next half an hour, 45 minutes, however long it takes to get through the, the, the news, is just uh, a little bit of what we're used to, a, a little bit of our normal lives back. And uh, if that's a, a distraction from reality for for half an hour, 45 minutes, then I think, uh, you know, it, it's something that we could uh, all use because uh, from right from the minute I wake up to the time I go to sleep, it seems that there there is some sort of, uh, you know, bad news out there. So let's uh, just dive right into it. Uh, but before we do, I just want to talk to you about uh, Simply Safe because every night local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. But the vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real. Is there really a crime going on or not? All the alarm company can tell them is that the motion sensor went off. But Simply Safe home security is different. So if there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police will dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. And entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard the inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's 24-7 monitoring by live security professionals. So you can set it up uh, on your own, no tools needed, or Simply Safe can do it for you. And on top of that, it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. So visit simplysafe.com slash overtime. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. So go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash overtime so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime. All right, well, let's uh, talk about uh, the, the latest F1 news. And like I said just now, most of it is coronavirus-related uh, uh, one way or another. But um, some of the good news, uh, at least off the top of the show, is the McLaren staff that uh, were in quarantine in Australia, down in Melbourne, after the uh, abortive attempt to get the Australian Grand Prix going a couple of weeks ago. Uh, well, they're back in the UK, and they're, they're all have, have uh, safely returned home. And uh, this was all in the wake of one of the uh, team personnel that uh, tested positive for coronavirus during the weekend and then another 16 team personnel will also put into quarantine for two weeks to make sure that they had not uh, been infected uh, by the virus. So other staffing including race director Andrea Stella stayed in Melbourne uh, just to to be there and offer support for their um, uh, colleagues that were basically locked down in their hotel rooms. I mean it's been tough enough uh, for for most of us just uh, being able to or being stuck inside, stuck at home and uh, not being able to, to live life as uh, usual, but still, I mean, occasionally, you know, some of us are able to get out. I went grab some groceries this afternoon. I went to the office briefly a couple of days earlier this week, but uh, but these people have been locked down in their in their uh, hotel uh, rooms for for two weeks. So that uh, was a real uh, tough thing for them to do. But uh, glad to hear that uh, they have. T- excuse me, they've tested negative and they're back home. And that is uh, one one small ray of hope in an otherwise uh, news filled with lots of dark, dark things. Anyways, in a statement uh, from McLaren, they said, quote, we are pleased to confirm that as of yesterday evening, all teams personnel who were in self-isolation in Melbourne, as well as management who had stayed with them, have now safely returned home. 
So that is uh, indeed uh, very, very uh, uh, you know, good to hear. And then um, uh, McLaren CEO Zach Brown said that the uh, team never doubted it was the uh, the right decision to uh, cancel the, uh, the the race at Albert Park a couple of weeks ago. And Zach had to say, quote, even though we're all racers and we were looking forward to hitting the track, it was an easy decision to make. Protecting the well-being of our team is always the number one priority. We have a duty of care to our people, fans, and wider F1 stakeholders, and that's why we informed Formula One and the FIA of our withdrawal shortly before the hearing on Thursday night that a member of the team had tested positive, end quote. Well, yeah, like I say, just uh, one little bit uh, of good news, but this is another good one here. So the UK-based Formula One teams are going to help with the ventilator production uh, via something called Project uh, Pit Lane, and uh, this is uh, really cool. I mean, there's uh, seven teams, including Red Bull, Racing Point, Haas, McLaren, Mercedes, Renault, and Williams. They've uh, they're putting in uh, well, and also they're what they're calling their respective technology arms. They're going to be uh, putting together and uh, working on uh, building respirators uh, in response to. To, uh, the United Kingdom's government's call for aid in the production of these uh, urgently needed pieces of uh, medical equipment. And that uh, is just uh, reflected uh, worldwide uh, that, that there is a desperate need of uh, uh, ventilators for those most uh, severely uh, affected by coronavirus. And, uh, well, it's, it's good to see that uh, that uh, Formula One can repurpose themselves and, and hopefully they, they can make a, a difference. Um, anyway, so there was a, a statement released uh, by F1 that says, quote, these work Streams vary in scope from reverse engineering existing medical devices to support and scaling the production of existing ventilator designs as part of the Ventilator Challenge UK consortium to the rapid design and prototype manufacture of a new device for certification and subsequent production. In each instance, Project Pit Lane will pool the resources and capabilities of its member teams to the greatest effect, focusing on the core skills of the F1 industry, rapid design, prototype manufacture, test and skilled assembly. F1's unique ability to rapidly respond to engineering technological challenges allows the group to add wider to add value to the wider engineering industry's response. The focus of Project Pit Lane will now be on coordinating and answering the clear challenges that have been set. The seven teams re- remain ready to support in other areas requiring rapid innovative technology responses to the unique challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic. End quote. So it's also believed that uh, F1 is uh, also involved uh, in the uh, Project Pit Lane uh, initiative with uh, Pat Simmons and his technical uh, team involved in the process. So that's uh, really uh, uh, cool to see. And it's also been uh, reflected uh, here also in uh, North America. There's been a manufacturer of uh, uh, baseball uniforms. They're now uh, switching to, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> there's no sports being played anywhere. So what they're doing is uh, using their uh, uh, skills and knowledge and expertise uh, to uh, 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 use the material that they have on hand to uh, make uh, medical smocks and things like that for healthcare workers, which I think is great. Uh, Bauer Equipment uh, here in Canada, which is a, a well-known uh, brand of uh, hockey equipment. Uh, one of the things that they produce is um, protective eye shields uh, for for hockey players that they put on the the, the front of their um, uh, of their helmets to protect their eyes from sticks and pucks and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, they're switching uh, to uh, provide um, uh, make uh, face shields uh, for healthcare workers, which is a uh, really cool because you know they they use these um, special anti-fog materials and all these different things there's already been uh, a bunch of uh, you know pr- prototypes that uh, they'd posted to their social media accounts so I, I think it's really cool to see uh, different um, areas that you wouldn't expect uh, to get involved in something like that uh, that, that they're getting involved and in. hopefully it uh, really makes a difference so uh, again um 
You have, uh, well, I mean, obviously Formula One was impacted like everyone else with the uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, but Lewis Hamilton uh, told his uh, fans uh, earlier this week that he's healthy and he's training hard uh, while he's waiting for the, the, the season to kick off. Uh, I mean, he's in self-isolation uh, after, uh, like everyone else. And he did uh, participate in an event in which other guests uh, there have uh, tested uh, positive for, for COVID-19. And that uh, includes uh, actor Idris Elba and uh, Sophie Gorgon. Trudeau, who is the uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's wife here in Canada, they've uh, been in self-isolation for the past uh, two weeks. Uh, I believe that they just uh, were cleared in the past uh, day or so, so that's uh, good to see. Uh, But uh, Lewis had to say on uh, social media, quote, There's been some speculation about my health after I was at an event where two people later tested positive for coronavirus. I wanted to let you know that I'm doing well, feeling healthy, and working out twice a day. I have zero symptoms, and it's now been 17 days since I saw Sophie and Idris. I've been in touch with Idris, and I'm happy to hear he's okay. I did speak to my doctor and double-checked if I needed to take a a test, but the truth is there is a limited amount of tests available and there are people who need it more than I do, especially when I wasn't showing any symptoms at all. So what I've done is keep myself isolated this past week, actually since practice was cancelled last Friday, and kept my distance from people. The most important thing that everyone can do is stay positive, social distance as best you can, self-isolate if you need to, and regularly wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, end quote. Well, good to hear that uh, that Lewis is doing well and also doing the uh, the, the, the sensible thing. But he did uh, subsequently uh, lash out at uh, what he called selfish people who are ignore, uh, ignoring uh, social distancing. And, uh, well, I mean, I'm glad to see that he's uh, using his uh, position to, uh, to, to make a distance or a difference uh, and, and, and really try and get, uh, you know, the message across uh, being an influencer as he is. Anyways, uh, he wrote on uh, social media, quote, I'm so sad to hear the amount of deaths happening around the world. I know most of us are limited with the knowledge of why and how this has happened. There's nothing we can do about it uh, either way except to isolate ourselves, stop ourselves from catching it and spreading it. There are people out there still going to clubs and bars and large gatherings, which I personally feel is totally irresponsible and selfish, end quote. Uh, he went on uh, to say, I'm, I'm praying for my family's safety each day, but I'm also praying for you out there. I'm praying for those working at the local stores, deliverers, doctors, and nurses who put their own health at risk to help others and keep countries running. Those are the heroes. Please stay safe, people, end quote. Again, uh, good to hear that uh, that Lewis is uh, weighing in, and uh, I can't say enough for the people that uh, that are in healthcare: the doctors, the nurses, the pharmacists, uh, people that work there, sanitizing, keeping the hospitals clean, the people that uh, that are working and stocking the shelves in our grocery stores, the delivery drivers that uh, that are dropping off, uh, people that are still uh, spending money on our local restaurants uh, to, to support them in this difficult uh, time by getting takeout, the delivery drivers drop up packages. These are the people that uh, that are really making a difference and uh, and and keeping things uh, going in this uh, very uncertain time. Anyways, uh, moving back to uh, to Formula One now. Uh, racing points. Uh, <laughs> I was almost going to call them Force India all this time, and I still almost lapped uh, backwards. But anyways, uh, team principal at Racing Point, uh, Otmar Safnauer says that he believes there is no degree of certainty when Formula One will get back to normal because of the uncertainty of the coronavirus pandemic. 
Excuse me, and uh, that this is uh, completely uh, true. <clears throat> we have seen a number of races uh, cancelled, not just uh, Australia, Bahrain, China. Well, China we knew uh, a little while ago um, before this uh, really started to spiral out of control. Uh, China was kind of cancelled about a month ago. Vietnam, Baku, uh, Monaco's off the, uh, the the list. The Dutch Grand Prix is uh, off the uh, off the schedule. So basically, as of today, uh, FP1 for the Canadian Grand Prix on the 11th of June is possibly maybe the first event that uh, we will see in the, the the 2020 Formula One season. I don't know. We will see. Th- this is a situation that is so fluid. It, it, it is changing so quickly. We really have no way to know what's happening from day to day, week to week, let alone what's going to happen in about two and a half months uh, from now. But let's be positive. I, I mean, it would be wonderful to see. I mean, I'm I'm skeptical about it. I mean, especially the the way the way that we've seen basically global travel, international travel lockdown. But who knows? Maybe something extremely positive and uh, and remarkable will happen uh, between now and then. But uh, Safnauer did have to say uh, the, the the following uh, quote: "This is an unprecedented situation, one that is changing day by day. Right now, we simply cannot say with any degree of certainty when we'll be back to normal. There are so many factors that are not under our control." And well, I mean, one of the things is uh, that that is in regards from uh, to Formula One. We'll talk a little bit more about it in in a, in a moment here because uh, Safnauer has to uh, talk about this. Is that the the, the new regs uh, that were coming? in for 2021 that's been uh, pushed back for another 12 months uh, so i mean <laughs> what we're going to see this year that's going to be uh recycled and reused again in in, in 2021 and uh, it was it, regardless if uh, there was this health crisis going on it was going to be tough uh, for all the teams uh, to get everything sorted out and get these uh, new cars on the track for next season so the the only logical and reasonable thing to, to do was to push it back uh, another year anyways safnauer went on to say quote another decision has been taken between between the teams and the FIA to delay the introduction of the new regulations until 2022. From both a logistical and cost perspective, this makes absolute sense. Of course, that doesn't mean we can afford to take it easy when we return to work. When we do eventually get back on the track, we will need to be in a position to compete, whatever the regulations. There's still plenty of work ahead, and we'll be ready to tackle it when the time con- comes. Anyway, so um, uh, Racing Point, they are in a lockdown uh, at, the, at the moment, and the, uh, the earliest uh, that they will uh, be able to go back uh, to work is uh, April 16th. Uh, this is uh, similar to what other other Formula One teams uh, are doing Renault, for example. Uh, they've um, tried to get a, l- a lot of their uh, workers to work uh, remotely from home if they if, if they can, and that's uh, basically what uh, what people everywhere are doing. Uh, you know, myself, I mean, a lot of the stress that I was under about a, a week ago was well, number one, I wasn't sure uh, whether or not uh, we, we'd all have jobs day to day, week to week. I mean, things have settled down. We've managed to sort of uh, find a bit of a groove, although a greatly reduced um, uh, capacity. We we have a small company. There's only about uh, 20 of us there, but we work in land development and construction, and uh, a lot of people obviously are putting uh, projects on hold, but they're also a, a a lot of people that uh, that were caught out by this and there's got to be a way that we have to keep it going anyways uh some most of my staff are working at home uh, remotely we've had to lay people off i mean it's 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 been a difficult difficult time and 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 this is just one story that has been heard countless times so it is uh, good to, to to see that uh, that formula 1 
you know, they are trying to adapt. And uh, Safnauer went on to say that uh, the, the team has made arra- arrangements to allow staff who could work from home uh, to, to do so. And he had to say, quote, we've also worked extremely hard over the last few weeks to ensure that all staff who can work from home have the equipment they need to set up home offices. Our first concern at a time like this is the f- physical and mental well-being of our teammates, their family and friends. We have everybody back home in the UK now and adjusting to this new reality, but it's certainly not easy for anyone. We're obviously disappointed not to be able to race for the foreseeable future, but ultimately we all understand the significance of the situation. The challenges the world is currently facing are unlike anything I've known in my lifetime and clearly transcend the sport, so the decisions that have been made are the correct ones. End quote. Anyways, Bernie Ecclestone. Yes, well, Bernie, he uh, had to weigh on the, uh, the 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 situation as well. I mean, he's been uh, out of management uh, in Formula One for the past uh, couple of years uh, since it was uh, taken over by uh, Liberty Media. Anyways, Bernie said that if he was uh, still in charge, he would just abandon the entire 2020 season rather than uh, push ahead uh, and and get some uh, races uh, scheduled. Um, in a uh, in an interview speaking uh, with Reuters news agency, he said, "Quote today, what would I do? I think I'd say we're going to close down talk of having any races this year. There's only." The only thing you can do safely for everyone so nobody starts making silly arrangements which may not be able to happen. Um, it's unfortunate, but that's how it is. Anyway, so he was then asked uh, about his opinion on uh, Liberty's uh, proposal of uh, a modified calendar of possibly 15 to 18 uh, races. He had to say, quote, I'd be very, very surprised if they managed to, to achieve that. I, re- I hope they do. I really hope they do. They could run three or four races at the beginning of next year and still count to the 2020 championship. The problem is, where are you going to have them and where the teams can go and the promoter wants to run a race? It's all very well making the calendar, which you can do while you wait. The big problem is getting the promoters to want to run the race, end quote. Yeah, I I mean, it is interesting. I mean, I completely understand. We're going to talk about this in a moment here, uh, that Liberty do want to make sure that, uh, or are going to attempt to try and run a modified uh, calendar at some point when things uh, hopefully get back to uh, normal sooner rather than later. But this time, I mean, it is impossible to, to be able to uh, make any uh, concrete plans, what with uh, public gatherings banned uh, for the foreseeable future. I mean, even in, in many, many countries, I mean, uh, <laughs> you're not supposed to gather more than a couple of people. Uh, and uh, and that's just the way it's going to be for, for, for quite some time. Anyways, we've seen other major events like the Euros postponed uh, for a year, the Olympics, which they really felt like uh, they were going to try and push ahead with it in uh, July, end of July. That's been uh, postponed for another year. And I mean, even events, uh, you know, several months out, I mean, there's just so much uh, uncertainty in the in the, in the short term to really be able to, to plan for it. Would I love to see Formula One at some point this year? Of course I do. But uh, the, the the bigger situation, uh, it you know, takes precedence. It's more important. And uh, number two, like, uh, how's it going to work if, um, you know, travel is still uh, restricted and uh, there are still hot spots of uh, coronavirus around the, 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 the earth uh, going on? I mean, until this thing is stamped out or there's some way that, uh, you know, that maybe a vaccine, some sort of treatment is, comes up in the meantime, it's uh, just... Uh, it's frightening to think that it may flare up again. So anyways, we'll uh, wait to see. Anyways, time now for a very quick break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. And uh, just uh, sticking with the, the, the theme of canceled races and reduced uh, season, uh, Christian Horner, team principal at Red Bull, says that uh, he believes it's uh, difficult to criticize the Formula One bosses over the way that they uh, well, they dealt with the cancellation of the Australian Grand Prix because they were chasing what he called uh, a moving target. And it must have been uh, very, very uh, difficult. Anyways, in an interview with motorsport.com, Horner had the following to say, quote, I think it's a very difficult one because it's a such a moving target. When we came there, nobody had tested positive. We had one positive case, and obviously the decision has been made not to race. It's difficult to criticize. It's something that is such a moving target. Um, anyways, he just goes on that uh, <laughs> to, to mention that um, several times, and uh, Horner goes on to say, quote, I think the problem is it's a moving target. If the guy had tested positive before, then we wouldn't have come, and then obviously we would have all been saved a trip. It's a shame, but at the end of the day, you have to put the health and well-being of the fans, the spectators, the team members, and the public first, um, end quote. And absolutely, it uh, it is... Uh, it would have been difficult. I mean, uh, if uh, this had happened uh, before every, everybody had left, uh, you know, their respective bases and uh, traveled all the way down to the uh, down to uh, Australia, not just the F1 teams, but the media, the fans, everyone that uh, that makes up the circus that is a Formula One Grand Prix weekend. Um, yeah, what, what do you do? I mean, uh, this uh, situation. I mean, it, uh, it it literally changes by the hour, by the day, and uh, it was just. Uh, it must have been. I, let's just put it that way. I would not have wanted to uh, be on that uh, <laughs> on that board of uh, you know people that had to make that decision. But I think at the end of the day, they uh, they, they made the right uh, right call. But you know uh, you know speaking of uh, and things like that, I mean I'm I'm glad to see that there there has been some sort of Formula One going on, even though it hasn't really been the the uh, the real thing. We've seen that with the not the Oz GP and not the Bahrain Grand Prix uh, the, the, this past weekend and. It's esports, but whatever. I mean, esports is a growing thing. I mean, it, it, it's cool, and it's a way just to, it, to have a bit of a distraction. Just uh, much like just doing this show is a, a distraction for me, a pleasant one. Hopefully, a pl- pleasant distraction uh, for for you too. But it was cool to see a couple of uh, current Formula One drivers like Lando Norris and Nick Latifi get out there, and then uh, some former F one drivers like Nico Hulkenberg, Esteban Gutierrez, and uh, who was the the other one? There was uh, three, four of them. Uh, I'll, I'll remember. In, in a moment. Oh, Stoffel van Dorn. Dorn. Yeah, that, so they were there. Also, uh, there, there were some uh, well-known uh, esports uh, uh, drivers as well. So it, it was cool to see, and it, it was fun to watch, and it was something uh, just a, a little bit different. 
obviously it doesn't uh, replace uh, the the different thing or the the real thing but it was just something uh, different last weekend just to distract us and and, and just take our minds off the, the the current situation even if it was just for an hour or so it was uh, it was good fun so uh, you know, personally, I'd like to see it uh, happen again, and uh, you know, and and just try and stick to the, the the race schedule. That's what they decide to do. I don't know how difficult it is to to put these events on, but it is something. That, you know, it, like I say, it is a pleasant. It's uh, I think innovative, and esports is a big deal. A friend of mine works for EA Sports uh, for the, uh, the FIFA uh, franchise. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, well, not right now. I mean, he's locked at home just like uh, everyone else, but uh, he travels all over the world to, to different uh, FIFA events, uh, wherever they have uh, the, the different uh, tournaments. And it, it it is really cool. I mean, people make big money like these uh the, these esports gamers that are at the right at the very top i mean there is some serious cash up uh, for, for grabs but i mean at least uh, i mean that's a completely different tangent but uh, at least from the formula one side a cool thing for them to, to do just to to distract us uh <laughs> at least for a couple hours there last weekend Anyways, uh, just uh, talking a little bit uh, more now about uh, the, the cancellation of some of the races. Like I was saying, uh, we are now canceled up to the uh, the, the, the Canadian Grand Prix at the, uh, the the beginning of June. Even that seems a, a little bit tenuous. And who knows? Maybe at uh, that that point, uh, I, I mean, would would it be a thing to uh, run a Grand Prix? With, uh, with with no spectators at at that point, if it's, if it's possible, if uh, you know the, the the international travel and all these quarantine rules are eased by then, I don't know, but uh, it it would be uh, it would be something. I mean, it wouldn't be quite the same without all the fans there, but who knows? We'll we'll wait and see. Anyways, uh, Danny Ricardo uh, had to say earlier this week that he that the the cancellation of the Monaco Grand Prix uh, hurt. And uh, he said that that was when the real reality of the delayed start to the the season really began to uh, really sink in. Anyways, uh, Danny Rick had to say, quote, I'm not racing laps in my head yet because I don't know what track we're going to be racing on. I watched an onboard of Monaco last night and got a bit sad. I don't really know where we're going to be. That one hurt me. They're all going to hurt for sure. Melbourne being so close as well. The reality is setting in, unfortunately. Um, yeah, anyways, uh, going on uh, a little bit uh, further, Ricardo had to add, quote, it's going to get real. I'm thinking of qualifying last because I think turn one is just going to be mayhem. I'll just watch it all unfold and then I'll lead the first lap. I'll put the put on the pole and voluntary start last. Um, <laughs> anyways, he was uh, just uh, talking about maybe the uh, the the opportunity uh, to get back on the track, uh, perhaps at the, uh, the the Canadian Grand Prix on the the fourteenth of uh, June. But yeah, I I, I think that's uh, you know we we've had a couple of weeks now. I know that uh, March twelfth is uh, the the big day when a, a lot of things got, got canceled. Uh, you know, uh, around here was a and. Uh, you know, reality started to to, to change. And I think that uh, first week was, uh, you know, it was very, very difficult to to, to deal with. And, um, you know, slowly but surely, we're starting to adapt uh, each and every day to these uh, new restrictions that uh, that we have to live under. And uh, much like uh, Danny Ricardo was saying that uh, reality has, uh, has uh, set in. And uh, as much as all of us want to see Formula One again, who knows when it's going to happen? It, uh, who knows? Not even going to try and speculate. Anyways, uh, one person that is 
trying to uh, speculate is uh, Francois Dumontier. Uh, he is the uh, promoter for the Canadian Grand Prix in uh, Montreal. And he said he's optimistic but realistic about uh, the, the race that is uh, supposed to uh, happen there at the Ile Notre Dame on uh, 14th or the 11th to 14th of June. And uh, it could very well be the opening round if uh, everything comes to pass in an ideal situation. But uh, Dumontier told motorsport.com, quote, as you can imagine, I'm in discussion almost every day or every two days with Formula One. I'm also in discussion with the local authorities here, the city and the government. And still on the calendar as planned, June 14th. We are optimistic, but we are also realistic. We still have a few weeks, I would say two or three weeks in front of us before we have to start erecting the grandstands and preparing the site. If we need to take a decision about postponing the event, that decision will be a common decision between F1 and myself sometime after the Easter weekend. Yesterday here in Quebec, our Prime Minister asked all non-essential businesses to close up to the 13th of April. So currently we couldn't do any work at the track. My team who organized the race have been working from home last week and days. So we still have two or three weeks in front of us before taking the decision. Hopefully we could do it on the date, becoming the first race of the season. But at the same time, I'm working on different uh, scenarios on postponing the event. So apparently there there is some flexibility to maybe run the race uh, in Montreal later in the year. But uh, Montreal... They get a little bit of winter in Vancouver, where I live, not so much, but uh, they, they're saying that uh, it would have to be, uh, if it was to be rescheduled, that it would have to be somewhere before the uh, U.S. Grand Prix of the Circuit of the Americas on October 25th. Uh, but the first race that they ever had in Montreal way back in 1978 was held, uh, I, I believe, where was it in my notes? Yeah, it was held in, on October 8th, and then it was uh, the, the, the next several years after that, it was uh, run on last Sunday of September, and then uh, since then it's uh, always been run at the the, the first weekend uh, in, uh, in in June. So, anyways, uh, Dumontier uh, he did also have to add quotes. We don't have any dates so far. I guess F one will have to scramble and play with this. Uh, for us, let's say after mid October's, it's impossible to run the race. Um, he goes on to say, we are a private company who runs the event. We've got some support coming from private funding, but not into the organization itself. We are in contact with them, and when we take the decision, they will be aligned with us. It would be very bad luck not to run the event. I can understand that F1 needs to look at the overall situation around the world, but if we go there, we would work for 2021. Like I said, we are optimistic. At the same time, we are realistic and lucid. We need to evaluate the situation almost by the hour. We still have two or three weeks in front of us. If we need to postpone the event, we will, because if we do the event, we need to do it in a safe environment for the drivers, spectators, workers, everybody. End quote. All right. Well, uh, let's just uh, take uh, another quick... uh, No, actually, let's not take a little break here. There's uh, still quite a few things uh, to get on. And I promise we're going to get away from this coronavirus stuff here. we got some uh, good stuff that actually deals with uh, some actual uh, racing stuff so we can get away from this. Uh, Anyways, uh, one uh, one final thing here is that uh, F1... Earlier this week on the 19th of uh, March, actually this over a week ago now, I mean, uh, (laughs) like I said, uh, I'm still catching up on a lot of this. Anyways, last week, uh, Formula 1 has decided to postpone the introduction of the new regs until 2022. And that uh, came down in a in a phone conference uh, featuring uh, all the team principals, Chase Carey, the CEO of uh, Formula One, Ross Braun, and uh, FAA President Jean Tote. And, um, well, it was just, uh, <laughs> again, a big thing. Anyways, the, the, the plan is 
uh, not just to keep uh, the 2020 rules for a, a further season, but also freeze the chassis designs uh, of each team along with other key com- uh, components. So aerodynamic uh, d- development is allowed to, to continue, and the teams would then continue to design their cars uh, for the new regulations during the 2021 season under the new financial uh, regulations, which uh, you're going to have the cost cap for the first time. Anyways, um, the, the 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 details of regulation uh, changes uh, will now have to be uh, completely gone over with a fine tooth comb. They're going to have to dot all the I's, cross all the T's, and then eventually that's going to have to go before the World Motorsport Council, who are going to have the uh, the ultimate uh, say. Anyways, there was a statement from the FIA that said, "Quote: Following unanimous agreement between the FIA, Formula One, and all the teams, the implementation of the technical regulations due to take effect from the 2021 season will be postponed until 2022." All parties further discuss the current situation of the 2020 championship and how the sport will react to the ongoing challenges caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Due to the currently volatile financial situation this has created, it has been agreed that the teams will use their 2020 chassis for 2021 with the potential freezing for further components to be discussed in due course. The introduction and implementation of the financial regulations will go ahead as planned in 2021 and discussions will remain ongoing between the FIA, Formula One and all the teams regarding further ways to make significant cost savings. All teams have expressed their support for the FIA and Formula One in their ongoing efforts to restructure the 2020 calendar as a global situation regarding COVID-19 develops. All these commitments will be referred to the relevant governing structures for final ratification, end quote. Right, well... Like, like I said, it's a good thing to see, and uh, I think it's the, the, the right decision uh, to make as we all uh, deal with this uh, new reality. Anyways, I'm getting a little bit parched here. I'm going to break now for a, a quick message uh, from our sponsors, and after uh, I've uh, hydrated here, we'll be back to talk about uh, some more things, uh, some more news in Formula One, so please don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. And uh, just uh, some other news here. Uh, F1 has uh, agreed to bring forward the the summer shutdown in uh, hopes uh, that they can help uh, free up the August uh, break in case uh, Formula One uh, can resume at that uh, point. So anyways, uh, of course, the the, the season is completely on hold uh, because of the current uh, situation out there. But, you know, honestly, and I have nothing to to back this up other than my own uh, intuition, my own gut feeling. But to, to me, sometime mid-late summer seems like a more realistic uh, scenario of getting some racing in the, the, the this year rather than uh, maybe in June for the Canadian Grand Prix or some of the European Grand Prix after that, like, uh, uh, well, not Germany, but uh, the British Grand Prix, French Grand Prix, places like that. <clears throat> I don't know, but it just uh, seems to, to me that sometime mid to late summer seems uh, more like a, a real... Uh, possibility or an option at uh, any point. Anyways, uh, a statement uh, that was released by the FIA said, in light of the global impact of the COVID-19 coronavirus currently affecting the organization of the FIA Formula World Championship events, the World Motorsport Council has approved the change that the 2020 FIA Formula One sporting regulations moving the summer shutdown period from July and August to March and April, extending it from 14 to 21 days. All competitors must therefore observe a shutdown period of 21 consecutive days during the months of March and or April. This change was supported unanimously by both the F1 Strategy Group and F1 Commission. End quote. So there you go. Seems like a good idea. Get the break out of the way now. And if uh, more races are cancelled, so be it. 
And if maybe at some point we can maybe go racing in maybe in uh, June, July, but maybe August for the Belgian Grand Prix, maybe the British Grand Prix or Hungarian Grand Prix at the end of the Ju- July, maybe that's a realistic, who knows? But uh, I think at least uh, by putting the uh, the situation in a, a bit of a different uh, way, by uh, just um, switching it all around now, get the, the, the summer break out of the way, at least opens up uh, some dates uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the summer months that if things uh, go back to normal, then uh, at least uh, we can, we, we've got dates available. I think it uh, makes a, a lot of sense. Anyways, uh, Chase Carey, CEO of Formula One, says he expects that the 2020 season will probably consist of somewhere in the the neighborhood of 15 to 18 races. I mean, hey, I grew up in an era when there were only 16 races, so even if we had uh, 15 to 18, that still sounds like a a pretty good uh, number of races uh, for me. Anyways, uh, that came in late after all races up to the Azerbaijan Grand Prix were all uh, cancelled. Anyways, uh, Carrie had to say, quote, Over the past week, Formula One, the 10 F1 teams and the FAA have come together and taken rapid, decisive action as part of our initial response to the COVID-19 pandemic. While at present, no one can be certain of exactly when the situation will improve. It will improve, and when it does, we will be ready to go racing again. We are all committed to bringing our fans a 2020 championship season. We recognize there is significant potential for additional postponements and currently scheduled events. Nonetheless, we and our partners fully expect the season to start at some point this summer with a revised calendar of between 15 to 18 races. As previously announced, we will utilize the summer break being brought forward to the March-April to race beyond the normal summer break period and anticipate the season end which date which will extend beyond our original end date of 27th to 29th October, November with the actual sequence and scheduled dates for races differing significantly from our original 2020 calendar. It is not possible to provide a more specific calendar now due to the fluidity of the current situation, but we expect to gain clear insights to the situation in each of our host countries countries, as well as the issues related to travel in these countries in the coming month. End quote. Again, he seems to, to be throwing out that time frame sometime in the summer, and uh, it makes a complete, uh, well, it doesn't make complete sense, but just based on uh, what we're seeing out uh, in, in the world right now, that anything uh, beyond uh, the, the next month or two seems uh, extremely optimistic, even like I was saying a little bit earlier, even uh, a date uh, for the, you know, the Canadian Grand Prix at the, uh, the beginning of June, although I'd love to see it. That uh, doesn't seem completely 100% realistic. I mean, that seems to be a bit of gray area. I mean, realistically, I'm thinking somewhere in the summer makes a lot more sense. But anyways, let's get away from all of that. Let's talk uh, now about some actual stuff happening with teams on the track, past and present, well, not present, but uh, certainly stuff that happened in the past. And Gunther Steiner, the team principal at Haas, uh, says he's confident that uh, team owner Gene Haas remains committed to to staying in Formula One, despite recently dropping some hints that uh, he was maybe evaluating the the, the future of the, the Formula One project. And, well, they've had a bit of a tough time, and it looked like they were a little bit on the up, but uh, last year was not a very good uh, season uh, for them. And uh, Haas uh, was, uh, you know, like I say, he was uh, dropping some hints whether or not he would commit staying into Formula One beyond uh, the end of this year, saying that uh, a bad year would be, in his own words, uh, would not be favorable. Anyways, um, 
um, Steiner said uh, he would not be uh, treating the, the opening races of the season any uh, differently in previous years uh, because of Haas's comments. But of course, um, who knows when those opening races of the, the years are. Anyway, so uh, Gene Haas had to say, uh, quote, I approach every race as a make or break. Every race you go and do your best. You cannot do more than the maximum. That is what we do wherever we go, end quote. Anyway, so Steiner had to say, quote, I wasn't there when he said that, so I don't know what's make and break. I think it was taken a little bit uh, out of uh, context. Anyway, so uh, yeah, well... I mean, the thing is, I love to see an American team in Formula One. Uh, it, it is good to see. I mean, I mean, America's a car car culture. I mean, uh, they, they love car racing. We love car racing here in Canada, and it just makes it, it makes a little bit more. Even though they're based in North Carolina, it gives more of a domestic feel here in North America to Formula One having a team in the series rather than having them all uh, based uh, in in the UK or other parts uh, of Europe, uh, Italy, like uh, Ferrari and uh, Alfa Tauri or Toro Rosso, whatever they're called now. But uh, it, w- it would be, in my opinion, a real shame if Hassa decided to, to, to fold up and pull out of uh, Formula One. But uh, again, at the end of the day, it has to be somewhat of a profitable uh, venture for them, and it's uh, been difficult uh, for them. I mean, they've shown some uh, glimpses here and there, but uh, 2019, was not a, uh, a obviously a very good day year for them. Anyways, Flavio Briatore, you remember him? He's popped up a couple times in the news uh, the, the, the past week, and uh, he believes that uh, Ferrari was uh, wasting a year <laughs> going nowhere, as he said, uh, with Kimi Raikkonen, and uh, should have uh, promoted Charles Leclerc a lot earlier uh, than they did. Anyways, uh, when he was uh, he was recently on uh, F1's Beyond uh, the Grid uh, podcast, and uh, Briatore had to say Leclerc is young. He has big balls because he's demonstrating that. I believe if I was at Ferrari, I would have put Leclerc already two years ago to replace Raikkonen because, you know, with Raikkonen, you are going nowhere. You will never win anything with him. You know, at the time, I would take the risk and put Leclerc in the car. Leclerc is a really, really strong guy. Uh, Leclerc is not uh, recognizable now. Verstappen, for me, is the more incredible driver. He is fantastic in the way he is uh, overtaking the way he is a gladiator. Anyways, uh, well, that is an interesting take, and whether or not uh, they they should have put uh, Charles Leclerc in uh, much earlier than they did. I mean, come on, Charles had an outstanding rookie season in Formula One in 2018. There is no disputing that. I mean, what he did in the uh, the, the Sauber Alfa Romeo that year, the C37, whatever it was at uh, at the time, was truly uh, remarkable. I mean, he was just head and shoulders above, uh, so much better than his uh, teammate uh, Marcus Ericsson at the time. And just uh, doing things with that car that uh, he probably really shouldn't have done because it was, let's be honest, it was not really the greatest car. So what uh, Charles was able to get out of it, I think, uh, was just absolutely uh, remarkable. I mean, uh, he was uh, able to exact every bit of a performance and then some out of uh, what was a a very average uh, Formula One car. Whether or not they should have plucked him mid-season and put him into Ferrari or they should have just put him straight into Ferrari... Well, that is, uh, I think, a judgment call that uh, is going to be probably disputed uh, and and probably uh, different people are going to have different answers uh, to that. I think that... um Probably, at least uh, from the way that I see it, that uh, that Charles went in there at the, the, the right time. And clearly he's brought a new uh, added element, a new dimension uh, to the team. Because 
when it was uh, Raikkonen and uh, and Vettel there over those uh, past uh, several seasons uh, before Leclerc came there in 2019, Vettel was always going to be the fastest uh, driver. He was just the, I think, just naturally a little bit uh, quicker than Kimi. Maybe he came down to age. Maybe he came down to, to skill and talent. Maybe a combination of the two. Whatever. The, the, the point is that uh, Vettel was always a little bit uh, faster than Raikkonen, and they just uh, really didn't push uh, one another. But you, you get Charles coming in 2019, and he's... Uh, better and faster than uh, Vettel basically right out of the box. I mean, um, Vettel should not have gotten what was uh, fourth uh, at uh, the Australian Grand Prix last year. I mean, Charles was clearly much, much quicker and uh, was told to hold station uh, on uh, on order of the team and ended up uh, finish, uh, finishing fifth. And then you go to Bahrain a couple of weeks later, he's flying, he's told to, to stay and hold uh, behind uh, Vettel for another couple of laps, another lap, whatever it was. And immediately about, uh, you know, not even a half a lap uh, later, he's uh, finding a way around him because he was just that, that much uh, quicker. So, I mean, he had the the, the, the balls and the courage uh, to do so. And it was, uh, wasn't really a competition. He was the rock star at Ferrari in 2019. And that was, uh, I think, uh, underlined. And I think he really enamored and endured him, uh, himself, or endeared himself, I should say, to the Tifosi with that uh, brilliant uh, performance at uh, at Monza. It was absolutely uh, fantastic, that win and the way that he held off not just Lewis Hamilton and, and, and Valtteri Bottas, but he, I mean, he held off uh, both of them uh, in, in succession. He, he had, I mean, he had the straight light advantage uh, with the Ferrari. I mean, dodgy uh, power unit uh, notwithstanding, but at the time the engine was deemed to be legal. I mean, just had that uh, extra straight line speed him and come out of Parabolica and uh, all the way down the long uh, start finish straight and go to Redifilio and um, he was just able to, to hold them off. It was uh, spectacular and the fans loved him for it. But, I mean, uh, Bria Torre has never really won uh, to, to mince his words. And uh, certainly it may have been, uh, I, I think it was a big claim, a big uh, a, a big statement to say that, uh, you know, he would have put uh, Charles Leclerc in a lot sooner than, uh, than uh, Ferrari did. I don't know. I think uh, that uh, that is a judgment call that maybe uh, you know people in uh, it, at the top of Formula One would uh, might have a, a a better feel on. But uh, certainly, I think that uh, when it comes to uh, you know making calls like that, that uh, perhaps uh, Briatore might be one of those people that would make that uh, that brave kind of call. Anyways, uh, Briatore did have other things to say that uh, he when this this is going back uh, quite some time now. That um, and this is uh, still on. The, from the Grid uh, podcast. He's going back a long time here, and he did uh, originally warn Fernando Alonso that Hamilton was, quote, in Dennis's pocket. And uh, this is a long time ago, and this is going back over a decade ago when uh, Fernando and uh, Lewis were uh, teammates at uh, McLaren way back in uh, 2007. And uh, he believed that Lewis Hamilton was in the pocket of team boss uh, Ron Dennis. Anyways, Briatore had the following uh, thing to say, quote, he went to McLaren, and this I was not happy with, he's referring to Fernando, because uh, this was not... Not Shumi to go to Ferrari. This was Fernando to go to McLaren, and for Fernando, uh, McLaren was never in his dream. Especially, I tell him, you have the new guy, and the new guy was Lewis Hamilton, and the new guy is in the pocket of Ron Dennis, like you with me. And I promise you, you will have the fighting, and the guy is protected by Ron Dennis. 
because of Ron, uh, Dennis understands how quick was Hamilton. He would not spend the amount of money he paid for Fernando. If I know in my house I have a driver so quick, why would I need another one? And it was a big fight. Ron Dennis did everything by himself. You don't need him to help. I was just watching and he did everything. I just watched. I know what happened. After two races, when you see the change of tires that was done first by Hamilton and second by Alonso, it was enough because I knew Fernando. Uh, anyways, I, I think that's uh, kind of interesting. And I mean, there's there, there's no question that uh, that that uh, Lewis was Ron Dennis's boy. He always was. But uh, that was... Uh, that was quite a season. That was quite the tensions uh, between those uh, two drivers. I mean, I, I always kind of uh, think, at least in recent times, obviously the Hamilton-Rosberg uh, rivalry, I mean, that was another level of toxic. But I, I have a hard time kind of uh, really reconciling uh, that uh, between uh, Fernando Alonso and uh, Lewis Hamilton. Certainly there was a lot of tension, uh, a lot of negative vibes uh, b- between that two, but... I don't know. I, I find a little bit uh, kind of uh, difficult to, to reconcile those uh, two situations because just uh, so long ago, and uh, honestly, my memory is uh, dimmed a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I can just uh, recall, honestly, that the, the situation between the two of them uh, was just not uh, pleasant. Uh, let's uh, put it that way. Anyways, uh, time for one final break here on the program. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. All right, well, welcome back to the show and time to shut it down uh, for the week. Sticking with uh, McLaren and years gone by, Pedro De La Rosa, Hamilton's uh, former teammate, said he knew it after just two runs that uh, in Lewis's Formula One uh, debut at a test at Silverstone uh, to show his rivals that he was going to be at what he called uh, a massive problem. So his uh, first official uh, test run in uh, McLaren was way back in September 2006, just a couple of days after he uh, won uh, the GP2 series campaign. And uh, that's the year that he won the title. Anyways, uh, Pedro de la Rosa was the, uh, one of the McLaren drivers at the time, and he had hoped uh, to stay with the team uh, for 2007. And uh, he was uh, running in the test along uh, Hamilton uh, at, uh, at the very time. Anyways, uh, de la Rosa was recently looking back at the, uh, the events and and again, he was also uh, recently on the F1 Beyond the Grid uh, podcast, and uh, he said the completely changed his views on Hamilton at the end of the second uh, run and of course uh, since then Hamilton has gone on to become a six-time world champion and uh, De La Rosa had to say quote that's when my mind changed we had two cars we were testing there and it was his first ever Formula One experience he did a run and he was nowhere you know I remember looking at uh, the data with Philip Prue, my race engineer back then we were looking and Philip told me this boy will need to improve a lot over the years it's going to be a long road for Lewis but he will be good but we will have to give him time blah blah and I thought yeah 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 I did a run came back looked at the times and I saw Lewis was fastest you know on the second run I looked at the data and I said what happened they said well we gave him new tires so I looked in the data and he was so fast through cops back at maggots and then I just realized the potential of Lewis Hamilton just looking at the data for a couple of seconds and I realized we had a massive problem it was his first ever F1 test, his second run in Silverstone, and I realized this guy is very, very fast. I've seen a lot of drivers in my life, you know. I've been uh, with very good drivers, I would say, and I feel very honored of that. But when I saw Lewis, I thought, wow, this is very special. And then when the season was over, I knew that Lewis would be in the race car, and I knew that Fernando was signed. And I was happy with that because I said to myself, I was in Ron Dennis's feet or Martin Whitmarsh's feet. 
I would make the same decision because Lewis was incredibly fast and Fernando, as we know, is mega, end quote. Yeah, I mean, uh, two very, very good uh, drivers. Unfortunately, Fernando and Lewis uh, just not <laughs> did not work uh, very well together in a partnership uh, at the team. Anyways, uh, just talking now a, a little bit uh, about uh, the technical side of uh, Formula One. And F1 switch to biofuels with the, the new de- generation of cars looks to be... Uh, going to be a new battleground thanks to some of the changes it's going to bring into the uh, engine cooling characteristics. So a part of F1's push for uh, sustainability, the new rules, which uh, have now been uh, delayed by a year in 2022, will require the teams to run uh, their engines with at least a 10% blend advanced sustainable ethanol. So Work has begun already among uh, some of uh, F1's fuel suppliers to optimize the potential of uh, biofuel, and specifically uh, Far- uh, Ferrari's technical partner Shell. I mean, if you go down to your local Shell station, uh, probably you're going to see some Scuderia Ferrari uh, badges there. Anyways, uh, Shell has revealed uh, that there's a fascinating, really interesting characteristic of the the, the new uh, product, and they believe that a cooling ca- characteristic of ethanol could open up uh, some development uh, areas for F1 that uh, could really be de- de- uh, decisive in uh, you know the battle field of uh, that uh, development over the years. Anyways, uh, F1 development manager at Shell, Benoit Poulet, told Motorsport.com, quote, the interesting aspect of car performance is similar to when you put an ethanol-based cooling gel on your fingers. You can feel the cooling effect that you get. It will be the same for the engine. It will be able to cool some parts of the power unit, and that will be quite beneficial. We are working hard on it. The properties are certainly quite interesting for combustion, and I think we can do some interesting things. We definitely have found at the moment that this is a cooling effect is good for the engine, end quote. So yeah, I mean, wherever somebody finds uh, an advantage, uh, finds something interesting in Formula One, you can bet that uh, other people are already onto it too. And if they're not, uh, they certainly do refocus uh, their attentions uh, pretty quick and uh, start looking to see if they can uh, figure out uh, what uh, other people are doing and improve upon it. And uh, this looks like it's going to be something very, very similar. Anyways, uh, just uh, going back, this was like a couple of weeks ago. This was uh, the the one real big thing that was uh, making the news in Formula One. And this was this uh, dual access steering system that uh, Mercedes uh, debuted uh, during uh, winter testing, which seems like an absolute lifetime ago now in light of uh, everything that has uh, happened uh, with uh, the the coronavirus pandemic over the past uh, several weeks. I mean, going back to winter testing at Barcelona, just uh, um, just a little over a month ago now, about five, six weeks ago in uh, in the middle of February. I mean, that seems like, like I say, it seems like an eternity ago. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. Anyways, Esteban Ocon, the Renault driver who was last year reserve driver at Mercedes, uh, admits that uh, he did not know that uh, Mercedes were working on uh, DAS. And uh, they surprised everybody during preseason testing when they introduced uh, this uh, new system that allowed their drivers to alter the toe angle of the front wheels by pushing or pulling on the steering wheel. We saw that on the in-car cameras. There was already like a, a, a lot of uh, discussion about it, uh, whether or not uh, that would uh, breach the Park Ferme rules. And uh, subsequently, there's been quite a bit of uh, speculation that uh, some of the teams uh, would have uh, protested, um, had the Grand Prix in uh, in Australia gone ahead, and uh, Mercedes had uh, used the DAS. So it, uh, unfortunately, that is one of those things that we can just kind of guess and speculate how that uh, may have uh, turned out. Maybe they would have used it in Australia. Maybe they wouldn't have. Maybe the the, the other teams would have uh, prost- protested it. Maybe they wouldn't. And... Uh, 
I, I know sometimes the the, the political side, uh, the off the track kind of side, uh, things of Formula One. I don't know. I get, I, I find it kind of interesting. Sometimes it can seem a little bit uh, petty, but uh, certainly it would have been a fascinating situation. And because we have a team so good as uh, Mercedes as it uh, is already, to come out with another situation or another sorry another tool that. Uh, that uh, could potentially raise the level that they have e- even more. You could understand why teams uh, would uh, be upset because, you know, apparently uh, in, the, in the technical clarifications that were uh, issued that, uh, that it wasn't outside of the rules, although it may have uh, breached uh, park for May. I mean, a completely different um, area of it, but I mean, at least technically it uh, was not against uh, the, the, the rules to, to develop and employ a, a system like that, whether it was a, a breach of park for May rules on a race, weekend that's a completely different thing but it uh, it would have been kind of fun to watch to, to see if that had happened if that race had gone ahead and they'd actually employed it uh, and the teams that uh, protested it I, I think Red Bull was uh, was the one team that was mentioned that if a DAS was used by Mercedes that they certainly would have um, would have protested it unfortunately we uh, we, we never know or we will never know but uh, Esteban Ocon you would think that uh, you know a guy that was in the team uh, last year even though he was a reserve driver may have had a a hint of that. I mean, of course, there are rules in uh, NDCs that uh, that uh, team personnel and drivers have that uh, you know that they have to observe that if they go and move teams that uh, that they don't disclose some of the things that uh, their their previous uh, teams have been working on. And that's just uh, only fair. I mean, the Formula One is a fair, uh, you know, fairly small world and, uh, the, the, the people that work there are fairly, uh, specialized. So I, I know that there is a, I wouldn't say a fair amount of, uh, back and forth uh, between different teams, but it does happen. And, uh, certainly it, uh, would not be uh, a fair situation for one, uh, person to disclose things that uh, they were privy to at a previous, uh, employer, a different team in the paddock, and then, uh, bring that over to a new team. Anyways, uh, speaking to Canal Plus in France, Ocon said, uh, the following, uh, quote, guess what? I didn't, I didn't, I swear I didn't. Either way, they were very, very clever and didn't show me the effect of the system or they came up with it very late and designed it once I was gone, once I was stuck between Renault and Mercedes. After the end of the season, I wasn't allowed to go back to the factory. I wasn't allowed to come back and work on the simulator. Either it was by then or they were very clever, but I think they more than likely came up with a system at the end of the year when I left. End quote. There you go. So... It, uh, I think he's probably right too. They, they, they probably maybe have been working on it uh, towards the end of the year. Maybe uh, they were working on it before he left and uh, knew that uh, he was already on the way out to, to Mercedes. In which case, or sorry, to Renault, and in, in which case, somebody that is uh, not going to be with your team uh, next year. But, anyways, kind of cool uh, to hear Ocon's uh, opinion or his uh, recollection on the subject. And uh, again, it's uh, one of those situations uh, that can, it's kind of worrying if you're one of the uh, rival teams to to Mercedes. That, uh, you know, when they're that damn good, <laughs> do they really need anything that could potentially make them uh, that much uh, better? Now, finally, uh, just uh, sticking uh, with uh, Mercedes and specifically with McLaren Mercedes, uh, they uh, insist that uh, despite all the uncertainty that is going on, what with um, the fact that everything's been, been put on hold, that, uh, that McLaren are pretty adamant uh, that uh, whatever happens, uh, that uh, they still will be switching to Mercedes power units for 2021, despite the chassis uh, being frozen for next uh, next year of course next year was going to be a completely different thing and this is uh, 2020 at any rate is uh, uh, McLaren's last year with uh, with Renault power and then they're going back to, to Mercedes for for next year anyways uh, you could imagine that would make uh, some problems but uh, anyways 
they they have kind of uh, put it uh, a, you know to to one side and uh, they they've uh, dismissed it's going to be uh, a, a bit of a, this is not going to be a problem anyways uh, McLaren told formula1.com quote we will be using the Mercedes engine in 2021 as planned and we will accommodate it in the current base chassis um well, there you go. <laughs> pretty pretty uh, cut and dry that they are going to find a way to make it uh, fit into their uh, chassis uh, for next year. And, and you know that was a part of the problem I think that uh, that that uh, Renault and uh, Red Bull had uh, over the years uh, that uh, there there wasn't really that much uh, uh, common working together as we've uh, seen uh, this year and last year uh, between Red Bull and Honda, for example, where there is a, a real, uh, you know, common understanding the way that uh, these two work together. That the uh, Renault, sorry, the the Honda power unit that goes into the uh, into the Red Bulls this year and also last year is a uh, really a lot more harmonious, a lot more synergistic between the two of them rather than before that uh, it was uh, you know get a Renault power unit and adapt it or whatever, adapt the chassis and make it fit in the car one way or another. There's there's a lot more cooperation that goes on between uh, uh, Honda and Red Bull than uh, than previously between Renault and Red Bull. But so you know, it, it is kind of interesting that when, when you see the situation that's a little bit um, well. I mean, it's different, but it's similar in the sense that uh, that you have um, you know the, these uh, you have a McLaren who's a little bit stuck because of this freeze on the technical regulations, but uh, you know somehow you know they're going to have to make that uh, that work. And um, I'm sure that uh, moving forward that uh, that they will be, uh, you know, working more to have like the the, the engine uh, more part of the chassis integrated, uh, you know, integrated in, in that way rather than trying to have to adapt for it. So it's going to be a, an interim thing, but next year is going to be a, a bit of a patchwork season. I mean, this year was always going to be a bit of a, a funny season that way anyways, just because, uh, you know, was sort of that in-between season between 2019 and 2021 with the with the new regs but of course now that that's been pushed back year it's next year it's it's going to be again another interesting uh, season to watch Anyways, guys, I, I think that's finally time to uh, round it off and leave it there. You know, I really appreciate you guys uh, coming to hang out and, uh, and and talk Formula, or listen to me talk uh, Formula One this week. I know that uh, we all have a lot of other things on our mind, but you know what? I feel uh, I, I feel good after sitting down here and talking uh, about Formula One the last uh, hour or so. It's just been the the opportunity just to feel a little bit more like uh, like normal. And uh, after all the uncertainty, all the concern, all the stress, all the pressure, and all the worry of the past uh, couple of weeks, it was just uh, nice to at least uh, a little bit of time have a bit of an escape and uh, and and kind of go back to you know business as usual or as business as it used to be. At any rate, anyways, before I leave you again. I really hope that wherever you are, you're doing well, you're staying healthy, you and all your loved ones, all your family and friends, take care of each other, be kind to one another, look out for each other. And I know it's difficult right now, but we'll get through this together. No matter where you are uh, in in this beautiful world of ours, we're all in this uh, together and let's focus on not just flattening the curve, let's plank the damn curve and uh, do our bit to to get rid of this uh, coronavirus. Remember, stay healthy. You know, wash your hands. It really is as simple as that with uh, with uh, with soap and water. Practice social distancing. Do all those go- good things. Whatever you know, the, the the health authorities wherever you live are telling you to do. Let's just do it. Let's do our bit, and then the sooner we can uh, get this under control, the sooner life can go back to well, maybe not normal, but some for some form of normal. 
And I think all of us uh, would uh, really like that to happen as soon as practically and possible, right? Anyways, I'm going to leave it there. Anyways, if you want to get in touch, email me, scooteryf1pod at gmail.com. Tweet me on Twitter at scooteryf1pod. Take care of yourself, guys. I'll be back sometime. I don't know when. Uh, it just depends if there's anything to talk about. And if not, maybe we'll... Uh, there, we got over 50 years of Formula 1 to talk about. So maybe we'll come back and focus on different things. There's a lot of material to cover. Anyways, take care of yourself. Talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com.